KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. The month of October is LGBTQ Plus History Month, and in Philadelphia, few have done more to champion and advance the LGBTQ Plus cause than Gloria Casares. Casares passed away from breast cancer nearly seven years ago. She also came from Latin American descent, making it all the more fitting that recently she was honored with a historical marker outside of City Hall. On this bonus episode of The Rundown, we look back at the life and legacy of Gloria Casares. I'm Brian Seltzer, in for J. Scott Smith, and it is a pleasure to welcome back to The Rundown KYW News Radio's Shara Day Howard. Shara Day, thanks for taking a few minutes to chat. Indeed. My pleasure to be here. Shara Day, in the Philadelphia region, specifically within the city of Philadelphia itself, Gloria Casares is considered a champion, a trailblazer for the LGBTQ community. Can you help us better understand her impact? Yes. So not only was she an advocate for uh, marginalized groups in general, but she was an advocate for humanity. She just really, truly was a present person on every scale when it came to fighting for civil rights. She was a Latinx woman who, from the ground up, always put people beside her first. She really made a point early on to make sure that people recognized women, uh, the rights of, I would say, the LGBT community and the marginalization within that LGBTQ community, trans uh, and also non-binary people before it was a trend, you know, before people really thought about, hey, is this something that is important to us? She made sure that everyone felt important and they felt important before it became something that everyone did or everyone tried to do. She was part of that push early on. Hi, I'm Gloria Casares, and I'm the executive director here at Galay. One of the things that Galay is really known for is having a lot of educational materials. We are an education-based prevention organization. What do you think it was about Gloria that empowered her to try and push for change? What made her such an effective activist? Honestly, some people are just made that way. She was one of these people who, regardless of what was going on around her, she had a laser focus on what should be happening. We like for our community members to have information they can use to make um, informed and better decisions for themselves. And so we're committed to that. It wasn't about dogma. It was about civil rights. If you should have it, then everybody should have it. If I should have it, then everybody should have it. And it's not me trying to get it first. It's making sure that everyone has it when it's possible for everyone to have it. We promote some of our own literature and we also have lots of materials should you come in and uh, that you can pick up at any time. She wasn't about just sitting back and waiting. She knew that if it was a matter of time, if it was a matter of policy, she would make sure that that was done as soon as possible because she didn't want anyone to have to sit back and feel as though they're second in line. All the materials in the office are free uh, for community members and for other educators. So please do come in and get some of it. Um, you can also get more information on our website. That's just who she was. It was who she was as a woman, who she was as a leader, who she was as a human being. I think she believed everybody deserved that extra effort and that sense of priority, that they were a priority. They counted, too. To elaborate on that, for as much as you can remember and recall, how did she go about trying to 
affect things and affect change when she was in the presence of leaders proposing policy? What type of tone did she try to set? How did she navigate trying to introduce things that hadn't been done or accomplished before? Well, early on, she knew that Philadelphia was a uh, was a touchstone for a lot of the outside uh, perspectives of what LGBTQ meant. That meaning that we Philadelphians were leaders with regard to how the rest of the state and sometimes how the rest of the nation would see LGBTQ rights. So she made sure early on that she was a hard-nosed, hard-line person. She wasn't going to accept no for an answer. So when it came down to making uh, certain things within the city a a hate crime towards LGBTQ people, uh, she made sure that this was a priority. Because if it was a priority here, then other places would also see this as a priority. And she knew that this was... um, this would be precedent setting, making sure that hate crimes were considered uh, early on and policy with regard to Philadelphia. And if LGBTQ people were being targeted and or uh, I guess if they weren't being prioritized, she made sure that she was at the front of the line fighting for these people, for uh, us all. Just how much did she mean and is she revered still to this day within the LGBTQ community? Uh, At this point, I mean, just knowing her as a friend, uh, she was a really good friend. She was a really good person. You could count on her. Uh, Not only could you count on her to say the right thing and do the right thing, you could count on her to uh, be consistent. She wasn't a flip-flopper. She didn't go all over the place and just kind of follow the vote, follow the trend. She made the trend. She was a trendsetter. And it was always about um, civil rights first. But I think I would describe her on so many levels as someone who entered the room, set the tone and made people feel comfortable also speaking. So she didn't take over the space. She made sure that everyone was included in the conversation, whether it be just you and me sitting on the bench in the park or whether it be a group of people in a gala or whether it be on Uh, in a courtroom beside of someone who was just attacked, whether it be someone on the street, whether it be in a march going up and down uh, Broad Street, making sure that we were all being heard. She was there. She was beside us. She was marching with just as much uh, verve and just as much um, determination as the rest of us. She led the charge and she always led the charge. The city of Philadelphia is mourning the death of its first director of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender affairs at the age of 42. The Philadelphia native joined the Nutter administration in 2008. Mayor Nutter released this statement saying, quote, she was a clear, strong voice to the LGBT community in Philadelphia and across America. We all love Gloria's commitment and spirit. Charity, later this month, it'll mark seven years since Gloria passed due to breast cancer. It's an amazing alignment of communities that she affected happening here in the month of October. Not only is it LGBTQ plus history month, we have Hispanic Heritage Month, breast cancer awareness. Um, There's only 2,500 historical markers in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, give or take. Why is this one in particular so poignant to have the marker that she was honored with and unveiled last week placed at City Hall? It's important because not only are women, uh, people of color, but also LGBTQ people, we're talking about intersectionality and a real sense of intersectionality, where now we can even go over into into all of the things that really affected her life. 
LGBTQ rights, cancer, breast cancer in particular, being a very strong and vocal Latino woman within the community. All of these things intersected. And she was a great example of not only intersectionality, but really overall human rights and making sure that everybody, again, is included. And right now, if you were going to look to anyone, to any memory, to any icon to really speak to that, Gloria Caceres is the person that I would look to. And I think a lot of this community is reminded of, hey, if there's a fight to be fought, if we all get in line, remember Gloria, we can make it happen. We can do it together as a group. She reminds us of community. And that's really important to us. It's really important to everybody, right? Philly. No doubt. And as you mentioned, Philadelphia, within the context of the entire country, has been towards the front of leading the charge on equality for LGBTQ issues and the community. Um, But really what seemed to be like a watershed moment was back in 2008 when Gloria was appointed the city's first director of LGBT affairs. For the first time, the LGBT uh, liaison will actually be operating out of the mayor's office working across city government to advocate the needs of Philadelphia's LGBT community. I see it as a responsibility for all of us to stand together to make Philadelphia a true city of brotherly love. And I pledge to represent us with authenticity, integrity, and respect. Thinking back to that point in time, just how much weight did the creation of that position carry? And then also, why was Gloria the perfect fit for that role? Honestly, on so many levels. So we're thinking 2008. Let's go back to 2008. That's when uh, President uh, Barack Obama was also making huge change on a national stage, right? So all of a sudden things became possible visually, but also with with regard to politics. Now we were on the stage. We were on the people of color were on the stage. And why now not a woman? Why now not a woman with Latin with a Latino background. She was Hispanic. She was a woman of uh, really, I would say, one of the most incomparable sets of uh, morals. And she would she wouldn't stand down. She would not ever take a back seat. So she was always forward moving. And this was a time for her to be forward moving. If there was going to be a time for a woman to step up and a woman of color to step up to make some change. It was then. And I think she saw the opportunity and she made sure that the inroads that she made within the city were based on true needs of what Philadelphia wanted, the boots on the ground, the conversations that were being had, the community as a whole. She had her thumb on the pulse and the pulse was at that point. We needed representation within City Hall and we needed it now. And she decided, okay, this is an opportunity not for her but for the entire community because she could be a voice and she'd make sure that that microphone was passed to the person beside her and then we'd follow suit. The list of accolades and recognitions in her honor, both living and posthumously, so impressive um, and telling of the impact that she made. One in particular, uh, mural was created for her on 12th Street, and it was opened and unveiled a year after her passing. And that mural was back in the news about this time a year ago. LGBTQ communities are fighting to save a mural that's dedicated to the memory, life, and work 
a beloved a community activist. KYW's Sharaday Howard has more. It's emotional. It's bringing up the loss of Gloria all over again. Trisha Giselle, wife of Gloria Caceres, was recently notified that the mural honoring Caceres was scheduled for demolition by Midwood Development. And- Can you explain what happened there and why this city hall marker is on top of what happened so important to keep the memory and legacy of Gloria Caceres alive? Yes. So going back to why now and why the marker is so important, it's because just recently, and it feels like it was just yesterday, but over the past year, everyone was fighting hand in hand, side by side, to make sure that this mural that everyone fought to get up and agreed was a necessary part of uh, bringing the community together at 12th Street Gym. It was the heart of the neighborhood. Her face was there representing the LGBTQ communities and the intersectionality within the communities. It was really important to have that there, specifically at that location, and her in particular. The stories of queer Latinx women and other marginalized queers should be centered in our community and neighborhood to make those stories visible. And then when that fight was lost and the developer came through and not only whitened out her face, but then tore down the building. I mean, insult to injury. The community really was just up in arms because it it was an insult to all of us. This was an icon who fought for us, who was our voice. And we specifically made sure that that mural was there during that time in that place. And to have it just wiped away was really a painful thing to happen to the community as a whole. Everybody's just really upset. You know, again, Gloria's mom worked on this mural. Her aunt, uh, her cousin, they passed away recently. This marker was a matter of being able to not, that couldn't be made up for, but what it could be is a representation of the resilience. Because yes, maybe you'll take the mural down, but that doesn't mean that we can't make sure that her memory is solidified in other ways. So this was a way of not making up for it, but a way of winning anyway. This was a representation of the community's resilience. And who better than Gloria Caceres to give that historic marker to? Saturday, before we wrap this up, one last question for you. Who are some of the local leaders as we look forward carrying on her legacy? So important to bring equality, justice and rights to the LGBTQ community in Philadelphia. Oh, we have so many, so, so many. And again, the intersectionality is really important. We have uh, Deja Alvarez. We have uh, Alicia Gonzalez. We have uh, so many people. Christopher Bartlett at uh, the William Way Center. We have uh, the Attic Youth Center has a few people there who are really doing some great work politically and also organizationally for nonprofits. And uh, on the, just off the top of my oh, John Lovitz. He's an amazing person who's doing great work as well within the community. There's so many people that we can look to right now. And those same people, if you ask them who they look to, it was Gloria Caceres. Sherry Howard, great to have you on. Thanks so much for helping us understand the importance of Gloria Caceres and putting her legacy into context as we cover LGBTQ plus History Month here on The Rundown. Thank you so much. Worth noting. Since we taped that interview a few days ago, there was a report that a member of the Philadelphia Historical Commission resigned because of pressure from the Jim Kinney administration to vote against preserving that mural featuring Caceres on 12th and Locust Streets. The Rundown is a production of KYW News Radio Original Podcasts, with new episodes premiering Monday through Wednesday each week. The show is produced by myself, Brian Seltzer, and Sabrina Boyd-Serka. The regular host is, of course, the man, J. Scott Smith. 
The director of podcasting for KYW News Radio is Tom Rickard. Be sure to follow the rundown on Twitter at the Rundown PHL and listen for free on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.